you, you're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw, your host. We are missing John in this episode, but the rest of the punks are all here. Arthur, Derek, Chuck, Steve, and myself. Titling this episode, Empathy for the Grind. This topic needs no introduction, except maybe uh, season two. This would be episode 24. God is ready to fill your life with good things. He wants to keep you... And I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a you had to grind. Yeah, you had to grind. Thanks for grinding with us. Welcome to Punk Theology. This is getting dirty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that an app? Yeah, it's Grinder. Grinder. For gay men. But what we're talking about is uh, the grind that is going to work. You know, you get up, you put on your shoes, you slather down some coffee, and you do a job. You do a work-a-day job. And that's kind of shit on a lot of culture. Is it work or is it life? Like, are we excluding housewives? Well, no. sometimes... It's fucking life. Yeah, it's, it's that's life. still a housewife. That's a job, man. That's fucking grind, that's too, ain't it? Way worse. Change your diapers. <laughs> you, have to, you don't you even don't get, get away to the fucking house. Yeah, you don't get a clock out, man. Until <laughs> the kids are like teenagers or something. No. Nothing's more grindy than laundry. No. <laughs> Just do that shit forever. No. I had an interesting conversation with a guy who was a janitor, and just kind of feeling that existential sort of, is this life, you know, <clears throat> just, I go to work, I get up, and we started talking about it. I said, well, you know, you got a hobby, maybe you play baseball or something, you go, go out with friends on Thursday nights, you know, like we do, we got to hang out here, that kind of thing, like, that's that's helpful. And he goes, yeah, and then I start talking about, you know, other people, with you know, they're trying to have a dream or something, you know. And he said, yeah. He goes, I got friends. They think they're going to be rappers, and they don't work. And Like, that's stupid. He said, and I thought it was pretty funny. And I thought it was, it was profound, though, that culture kind of shits on people that are doing a job and working a job and aren't trying to get their dream done. And I think, I was, so I was thinking about this topic earlier recently, and, and there was a big cultural shift, started probably mostly with the baby boomers, where there was a big cultural message of, like, everybody around you is just doing the grind, and they're kind of numb to it, and they're zombies, and they're just doing what they're doing, and they have no imagination anymore. Like, right, Disney was really behind a lot of this. Like, you go out and, you know, find your own identity, self-express, uh, find what your passion is, do that. Which at the time made a ton of sense because there was just a very strong culture of, of like just keep your fucking head down and do what everybody else does and and living in the shadow of yeah, the greatest generation. Yeah, just just kind of grind and everybody was grinding it out and honestly that environment's kind of miserable. No matter what you do, you won't be a World War Two hero. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's pretty depressing. Right. But you can be mildly adequate if you just do your fucking job. That's a super... I, I want that t-shirt. <laughs> mildly adequate. There you go. The Punk Theology uh, t-shirt line is coming to soon. So, and, but then that caught on so much... I think it's re- reached its other end of the pendulum swing, or I fucking hope it's reached the other end of its pendulum swing, where everybody's trying to self-actualize and nobody fucking grinds anymore. It's like, look, yeah. you got to fucking grind sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes life. When is do a we start grind. telling kids they can be whatever they want? When do we stop? When do we start? When do we start? I think it was the Disney's and like starting the seventies, yeah. right? And then really picked up through the eighties. It's kind of an American thing too, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, well, you're an American, yeah. you can do. But I think it was, it was more yeah, new the thing. American dream. Yeah, it was yeah. a more new thing. Like, no, you can make things work, but then there became like the parenting philosophy of telling your kid they could be whatever they want. No, back in the eighteen hundreds in America, nobody was telling their kid they could be whatever they want. Right. Well, I think originally the American dream was more like a social ideal. Like, if we all work together, we can kind of get to the place where everybody's. Kind of comfortable. Is it really work together, or is it just we won't get in your way while you yeah, try something? But but then I think it became super hyper individualistic at some point. Sure. Like you go get your dream, and if you have to fuck over some people in the process, well, they shouldn't have been in the way. And I think that's kind of, and we're kind of getting to that opposite end of the extreme. Well, people started having wild dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's miserable being around. A, in a room of people where everybody's pursuing their dream. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Is that it's, the side effect of the internet now that we see the entire culture? It's like, uh, you have to work a lot harder to be unique? Yeah, and it's, and yeah, most people are really bad at it. Most people are really fucking bad at being unique. Well, we're to the point now where the grind is unique. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot of fucking yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. That's being a rebel, right? That's being a rebel. That fucking dude that worked at Boeing as a jet, that, that guy's a fucking rebel because he's like, I'm doing this, I'm content with this, kind of. Sometimes life is just a grind, you know? That was kind of his attitude. And maybe we should accept that, be happy with that. We're still in the richest fucking country on earth. Um, we're, we're spoiled compared to most people in the world. And everyone wants to be the next YouTube star. <laughs> and they're not content with working at Starbucks or wherever the fuck they work. That is the right? number one aspiration of this up-and-coming generation mm. is to be a YouTube star. Yeah. And some of it's weird. Like, I heard uh, Rob Bell talking about it. So I guess Rob Bell has a guy that's like three doors down from his, his house who's this huge YouTube star. And people come over and people come visit, like... They'll drive by his house and take pictures and stuff. Not Rob Bell's house, but this other YouTube kid's house. And and he goes on this channel, and it's just it's just stupid. It's just you know he's hanging out at the pool with his friends, and it's like people watch this, and this guy's a star. Um, I don't understand it, but that's did he start early in YouTube? Is that why he's got more traffic? Probably. I don't know, but the point is, it's sort of a contentment thing, right? Like, why can't we be content with our lives the way they are? I think it's good to have aspirations and have a dream and all that. But if, if your identity is so tied to it, like, i got to make this thing happen. If I don't make this thing happen, I'm, I'm a failure. I'm a shit as a person. I think there's also something to be said for the nightmare that is instant gratification. Mm. Like, if you never have to work for something, like, your, the volume in your life just gets to- turned way the fuck down. And just nothing. It's really hard to feel excited about anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, part of the great thing about rewarded was even little things sometimes is they worked really fucking hard to get it. And if you didn't have if you didn't have to work to get something and you can have anything you want instantly, like it's really hard to feel excited about anything. That's the American dream. The yeah. constant dopamine drip. Right. Just mm. Yeah, exactly. And you can See, be, fill my life with stimulus that just keeps my brain giving me dopamine hits. But it doesn't. <clears throat> but it doesn't. you get tolerant yeah. you get tolerant of that dopamine shit. Just recently, Justin Bieber's on there asking fans to pray for him. Why the fuck Instagram. are we talking about Bieber? Because he's got it. That's kind of going back to the last episode. God you know, he's it. got what everyone's chasing. <laughs> yes! Right? He's got the thing that everyone's, you know, all these people that don't want to grind are chasing. Okay. I think Kid Rock said that, too. Kid Rock said that in a song. Like, you you think you want my life, and I and I kind of envy yours, you know. The funny thing is... Talking to the guy that drives a pickup truck. If you talk to other artists... They recognize that Justin Bieber is one of the hardest working artists out there. He tours like fucking crazy. Yeah. Like there's artists like hard rock artists like from the '70s that are like, I don't know how Justin keeps up that touring schedule because that's yeah. fucking nuts. To be and those guys that hard. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's because he's the, the greatest energy drink in the world. <laughs> the screams of thirteen-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeps him going. Apparently that shit's wearing out though because he needs our prayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. See. I don't know, somebody paid R. Kelly's bill. <laughs> but it goes back to... Dark. That's a different kind of grinding. <laughs> Peter Rowland's talking about the zombie drive. And I thought that was brilliant when he, he was talking about uh, how zombies... Zombies are, are incredibly resilient mm -hmm. and, and tenacious. And they work hard. <laughs> you know, they really do. But... They're zombies, you know. They're not. There's no life in them. The life is just to devour, and uh, and feed. And I think that you know that might be part of it. I don't know what's going on with Justin Bieber, but it's it's interesting to me that we're not satisfied with our lives, no matter what they are. He's well, married. Nice. That's why he needs. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> this is a topic that's come up. With my kids. Says the unmarried guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. There's a topic kids? that's come up with my kids recently is like the difference between grinding and having grit. Like, like when is, like grinding is almost, to take the extreme example or the definition, grinding would be just working for, just working to work. And there's no real end in sight. Whereas grit is like, okay, I'm going to grind on this for a while. Yeah. I'm going to be miserable for a while, but I'm working for a payoff, and I'm working for an upswing. Um, and I think that's kind of the ideal, is being able to just be miserable for a good long time, but have a, a end goal yeah. and, and something you're shooting for. So the grind is internal, not external. Like right. right, yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. I don't see it that way. So how would you define it? How would you define it? In stereo. Well, I think the grind, the way I was always viewing it, it's the grind exists. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a thing it's outside a of you. It's a constant. Okay. Like, it exists. Like, you might find a way, if you are wealthy enough, to avoid having to do it. But otherwise, there is some form of repetitious thing that you have to do in your life. <clears throat> Even if you're crazy successful, you're, you're probably still doing something that is a grind. It's, but your engagement with it... Grit's like, I'm going to put up with this while I have a goal of doing something else. Russ was earlier talking about contentment. That's 
I don't see that as a form of grit, like I'm putting up with it, more like I accept it the way it is. Um, but I think some people can thrive in the repetition of, you know, if you're really OCD and you like the routine and ritual of your life, it's not a grind. One person's grind is a pre, they're appreciative of it. It's not, it doesn't chafe. It has to do with your own attitude. So mm. your view yeah. of the existence of the constant of the grind is what I think the show's really about. I don't define the grind as, oh, it's only a grind if you don't like it. And it's what? What is it if you like it then in, in your model? Work. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> It's misery. It's no, no, see, work prison. is definitely divided to something. Prison is another word. For most people, work is something you probably wouldn't do if they weren't paying you to do it. Yeah, that's good. That's true. But that's and not... So, so there's a really good article from The Atlantic re- recently talking about the American religion of work and how fucking bizarre America is. Yeah. Because if you look at history, the rich people let all the poor people do all the work. And if you look at America right now... And fight uh, the wars. Across the board, the richest that. people are working the fight. longest hours. Yeah. The richest people work 55 to 60 hours a week across the board. And that's never fucking happened before. Like, why? Like, they don't have to work. Right. But they're they're working really, really, really hard. It's the only way to get respect in this country. Well, it's they, they argue it's where Americans have decided to get their sense of meaning from. Because they've mm-hmm. given up on... started to give up on religion... And they're like, well, work gives me, like, I feel like I have purpose. I feel like I have goals. I feel like I have a reason to live. So so it doesn't, you know, I'm going to use the money to like make more money. Like the stick yeah. metaphor, you right. think? Yeah, like, yeah, they, they, it gives them a direction. It gives them something to do with all their time. Um, whereas before, I mean, never in history has that occurred. Rich was always leisure. That was the idea. And I think that's what we have in our minds is what rich people in America do. But mostly, according to statistics, rich people work. Well, well, the class motivations are, if you are in the lower class, you work for instant gratification. Or a boat. If you're in the... (laughs) That's instant gratification. That's true, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Might have saved for it, but yeah. Once you get Uh, the boat. And then if you are in the middle class, you're trying to amass and preserve what you have. Right. And, And it's a form of security. But if you're in the upper class, your motivation is legacy. But in our country, that legacy is still defined by being somebody who's working. Right. Even at that tier. Yeah, it's creation. You're trying to make, take money and make money. It's funny. It, I was just talking to somebody recently about the Hindu gods. Uh, and it's funny that that class model follows the three Hindu gods. And that Brahma is the god of creation, right? And, then, and he's kind of the, the high point of the trinity mm-hmm. and Vishnu is the god of preservation and maintenance and that's in the middle and then Shiva is the god of uh, destruction mm. and that's at the low end so I don't know that's bizarre meaningless tie <laughs> <laughs> no it's good philo- it's good philosophy though I mean that's that's uh, in, in Christianity Jesus said the greatest among you will be a servant and in, in, in Buddhism the Buddha said um he said, "He said the, the the guy that carries water, he can work really hard to get enlightened, and then he gets enlightened. And guess what he does? He carries fucking water. <laughs> That's what he he keeps carrying water. Right, are there? Is that what the how the phrase goes? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Arthur, 
You're having a strange uh, interaction with this topic. What, what what is it in you that's is it rubbing you raw or is it grinding? Or is it grinding? <laughs> <laughs> is it grinding? No, I, I just thought it was interesting that Derek defined the grind as like the inner response, as I I see it as something external. And uh, yeah. I just found that fascinating. Yeah. The, the, I can the see phrase it itself has a different meaning. I can see it your way too. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me phrase a question based on my model of the grind on a scale of one to ten. One being, I can't stand the grind of my life right now, and I'm like on the verge of suicide. And ten is, I couldn't think of a way I'd rather be spending my life at all. How do you respond to the grind right now? Where are you at? Scale yeah. one to ten. Yep. Yeah. I'm probably like an even five. In that. <clears throat> <laughs> there's parts of my life that you hate being in the middle, Derek. Don't I know. Do it. You're it's rolling it. it. The middle's a fucking grind, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of feels like that. And that a lot of stuff is going really, really well and better than it has been from um, just from a pragmatic standpoint. Like my wife's back at work, so we're making a lot more. We're making double the money that we used to. Um, stuff that just makes things easier. My kids are at an age where I don't constantly feel like I have to be. Keeping them from killing themselves accidentally, I can let them just right. ex- exist for an hour without having to like. Oh, have you killed yourself yet? Right. Like, let's let's stay out of the Tylenol. Or, you know. uh, yeah. But on the other hand, shiny things in the house. Yes, yeah, stop yeah. doing that shit. Um, <laughs> and they're not teenagers yet, so yeah, they don't they're not the age of They're at the age of killing each other. No, uh, I don't have to worry about them. Getting shot up at school as much, or killing themselves uh, for a different right, reason, or killing themselves yeah. on purpose. Uh, on purpose. Um, but like, I'm doing a ton of internal work on EMDR, and that's pretty fucking miserable. Is that pretty becoming grindy? Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. No, it's not. Grind. It's like actively miserable. Mm, uh, interesting. Um, John warned you. Uh huh. Does, <laughs> like, does it feel like a chore to go? No. Okay. It feels. It's like. Uh-huh. I was trying to describe this the other day. It's like the opposite of cocaine. Of like, <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Kind of. It's like the anti-cocaine. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I want to go. I get my hit. Afterwards, I feel really good. And then for the rest of the week, I feel like fucking shit. Mm. And I'm not really looking forward to getting going back. But then I do go back. And, but I also kind of want to go back. So it's like this weird... You know, like, like this yeah, fucking sucks. Sound like an addict. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like an addict. Yeah, yeah. And, but I only get hit once a week, right? And and I don't know that I could handle it more than once a week. To be fair, um, like that's how addicts start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm like a double my misery. That's something I've learned yeah. in recovery. Is that there's a lot of people that go through recovery and they get cleaned up from alcohol or drugs, and then success becomes their new addiction. And then usually with that comes sex. <laughs> so that's where that's where they meet me, um, talking about their sex lives, and and they, when that gets out of control because they've achieved their dreams and they're still miserable, right? But I think it's different with healing, and I and I felt the same way with EMDR and and some of the healing work I've done. But it's cool that I'm at the place now where like I'm on the other side of it, and my therapist is like, "Here's what we work through." Here's what, I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know." Sometimes I need to be reminded of that, but. Uh, not that I'm, I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the picture, Steve, one I'm the poster boy for where mental you, health. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't know. Grinding. See, that's where Grinding. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, I, see, I, I view not so much as, 
as a grind, even though the job I do, anybody could do, but for me, it's my self-awareness. Where am I? Who am I becoming yeah, today? Yeah. Different than I was yesterday. Right. Like Derek was saying, it's a mess. It's just how big of a mess. Right. And without the mess that you're going through, it's just a bigger mess. And that's kind of where I got. I mean, I'm a lot of self-evaluation and looking back at my family of origin and, and what it was like growing up in my in my family of six, four kids and a single mom or a single working dad. Now, how do you put it? My dad worked, my mom didn't. Uh, lacking a lot of stuff, lacking a lot of emotional support, a lot of uh, recognition that what you're feeling is okay. Like a different kind of poverty. Yeah, yeah, it was an emotional poverty. Yeah. Uh, but I'm better now than I was a week ago. So yeah. where, rate it, where? Where do you relate to the grind right now? I'm probably on the upper half of five. I'd probably be six, seven, flushing, depends. Um, when Derek was talking about his, his attachment um, thing on an EMDR, that really resonated with me because that's what I'm really working through now is looking at what is my, because I wanted to get to the point, I said, why do I feel what I feel, love what I love, and do what I do? What, what's, behind what I, what, what's behind all that? And the biggest lie I, I've heard was, well, that's, you know, don't worry about it. It's just, that's what we deal with. No. There's a, there's a reason behind it. There's a meaning behind it. Yeah. yeah. And see, and, and Chuck and I kind of grew up similarly uh, church-wise and, and dad-wise. You know, my dad didn't beat me. I sometimes wish he had because at least I'd have had some attention. So that's where, where I want to be in 10 years is further down the road developing more healthy personally. You know, I'm a shitty dad because I don't care enough to beat my kids. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love your kids. Where are you? You love your kids. Being present with your kids, I think, is yeah. the most Yeah, my dad wouldn't be present with you. Yeah. Where am I on the grind? Um, I would say uh, probably like a solid eight and often a nine. It. Uh, I what's feel, a one and what's a ten again? One, One is I can't stand it. Okay. Ten is I couldn't imagine myself doing anything okay. better. Gotcha. Like I, I have a great amount of contentment, like Russ was talking about, where um, I don't feel like I'm in a place where I'm asking too much of the grind. Uh, but at the same time, there are times where when life does get uh, crazy or when it's been bad, having that to go to and have something that I'm good at, that I'm appreciated for, that that pays the bills. There's a certain satisfaction in that. It doesn't define me. It's not. It's. I don't feel like it's unhealthily making me who I am. Where it's going to fail me at some point, and I'll feel terrible. Um, but at the same time, that that routine and going and and taking the skills that I've learned and being able to apply them can be satisfying and grounding in times of craziness and in the times when my life is just good. It's just. It's just enabling my lifestyle that I want to live and I can't really complain about it. Um, I mean, I think that's somewhat built on uh, the place I'm at emotionally. And also, I've, I've spent, I usually try to think of things in terms of world history, and I just have a hard time really being whiny about American grind if I spend even like five yeah. seconds thinking about what it would have been like to live literally almost any time in history and been some rando. Yeah. Or to wake up in another country like right now, or some of the 
what other people are going through. I mean, Canada would probably be pretty good. Compare <laughs> the UK or something like that. Name another one. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Syria. Fine. Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> so Norway. Alaska. Switzerland. Name one that isn't white. Hmm. Dubai. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with South Korea. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah, safe one. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Afghanistan. Gangnam style. <laughs> so are you where you think, where you, are you now where you thought you would have been <laughs> 20 years ago? No, is it, go back even further. High school. Right. Are you doing what you thought you'd be doing no. when you graduated from high school? At some point in my life, I, I, I was into like Tony Robbins and all that shit, and I was buying self-help books and get-rich-quick books, and I thought that by the time I was 40, I'd be making $100,000. Is that what you were I'm thinking, or is that what the books were telling you? Well, well may, I think that was maybe part of my new addiction, you know, because I wasn't on the dope anymore. And I, uh, I picked the right Christian God to save me from all my chemical romances. So I, that's how I put it, but but what I what I was experiencing was still this kind of lack and emptiness on the inside, and I need to be wealthy so that I can take care of my kids and people. You know, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I had a lot more healing to do than I thought. Right, like I was. Thank God I didn't get rich at that time. I actually met with a guy. I had an internet idea. And I met with uh, financial, you know, people that do that kind of thing, uh, investment capital people, and they were throwing around big numbers. This is before '99 when the when the mm -hmm. bubble burst. And here's me sitting in this room, and everybody signs non-disclosure forms, and I didn't even finish fucking high school, right? But they liked my idea, you know. I was lied about my high school thing, and I, I figured I could get away with that. And and they, you know, they're throwing around big numbers like. Hundreds of thousands, million dollars. I think we get this off the ground. I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, getting all excited and going to a prosperity gospel church that was telling me that you know Jesus wants to bless you, and you've been given tithing to this church, which was really difficult. And <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and it was starting to happen for me until the Nasdaq crashed in '99, and nobody returned my calls. You know, and I was called this place, and a month went by, and finally somebody called and goes, "Hey, uh, we still like your idea, but you know, we took a big hit. And do you understand?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they go, "If you want to come in here and work, you can put our, your idea on our machines. And we have servers, and you can do that." And and at the time, I was thinking, if I was a single guy, I probably would have done it because I could have I could have maybe got my idea off the ground with with their you know machines or their system um, I'd have to sign away half my company to them which was fine but the funny thing was that, that company it was called UUNet and and turned out it was actually owned by MCI so, so it didn't, it didn't do well so thank god that I didn't grind away at that fucking place with no paycheck because that's what they told me they go well we can't give you cash we can give you stock options <laughs> well, you can work for stock options. I'm like, yeah, I got a family, I got a wife, I got two kids, I can't work for fucking stock. So, where companies. do you see yourself in 20 years? I don't know. See, and that's uh, not that. Did he answer 10 when you asked him that one? 10, uh, 5. Fuck, I don't know. I'm still willing to, to, I don't know, I have gifts or talents or whatever, and I'm still willing to, to put that out there, but I don't, I don't expect to be rich. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when I expected it, when I when I was chasing it, 
that's when it was bullshit, I think. That's when it was a, a, another addiction. It was just my new addiction. Just so like, where are you at with Grind right now? Where am I at with Grind right now? With all that thing. Really content, weirdly, oddly. This morning I got up, and it was kind of weird. Like, I, I'm, I've got maybe... So my tomorrow my mortgage is due, and it's like $1,000, which is pretty good around here. No right? Because uh, we bought our house in 99 just after the fucking NASDAQ crash. That was one good thing about the NASDAQ crashing was the house that we were looking at had dropped in, in value like 80 fucking grand. So that early December of 98, the house was 250 and then by August it was like uh, 170 and so we owe like 145 on it now. And most of this is taxes. Most of it's taxes and insurance. That's my house payment. Um, it's going to be late because I've got maybe $300 in the bank right now. And my house payment's due tomorrow. So I'm not going to make that tomorrow. I'll probably make it by Monday. So, But I'm, I'm cool with that. If my van breaks down, I'm fucked. So where do you want to... I've got $500 in the bank to fix my van if something goes wrong with it. I'm a mechanic. I can fix most things. Uh... But I'm a survivor, and I've I've survived to this point, and I get to drive around a, a city that I love with without a you know it, it's not super grindy. I get to do what I want to do, <laughs> right? So so I don't know. Like that's just where I'm at, Steve. I think I that's that enlightenment thing. Like I'm I feel like I'm not I'm not enlightened. I don't know if that's the word, but I feel like I'm I'm whole enough now. To where I'm willing to take what comes. If you ever say you're enlightened, I will no longer talk to you. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Right. <laughs> I'll sit in the lotus so position you with made, you. You made a comment about the feeling empty and something missing, you know, being part of your story. <clears throat> um, do you guys think that the grind helps fill that? Not fill it, I, I guess, but it, it, it takes, yeah, let you, it takes your, it, your mind off of it. Having yeah. to fill that emptiness, yeah. that void inside. Mm. It can be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It can totally be distraction. I mean, I I know some people who just go to work just so they can bitch about going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things they love about their way their dopamine in their brain works is the more I complain about shit, the better I feel. Yeah. There's an aspect of it that's part of that redneck culture, which is the, the anti... Um, uh, sanctimony, the anti-pretension thing, where of like my life fucking sucks, and I'm that makes me better than you. And I think some people kind of live for that feeling. I live in old school countries. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I live the grind, and that means I'm a better person than you. Are. Right? <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah, some oh, people yeah. live for that. Big shit. Yeah. Why is this a forward-facing topic for you, Steve? We're, uh, I've been asking the question, where does the grind affect you right now? And you The boomer asking, in the group. Is, you keep asking, like where do you see yourself? Why is that future facing? I think that's, for me, what my, where, where I'm looking at a grind. I look at it as what I do. Have I you done it in the past? Like, have you thought about it? I look at it as relationally with okay. my family, with my yeah, wife, with my daughters. Trying to be a better husband. Um, more. So is it not occupation? Is it not what pays the bills? Yeah, kind of a little bit, because that eliminates a lot of stress. I'm making more money now than I've ever made. Uh, it's forcing me to face some fears of rejection, of walking in cold call with a ream of paper and saying, hey, 
ice and deliver to you guys. Is there any way I can win you back? I'm your new sales guy. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, what am I doing here? And then she goes, you know, we were just thinking about that. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for this. And I walk out thinking, damn, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And even in the inner, in inner relationally, um, addressing some of the stuff in me, my fears, my, my, I am today because of the fears. I am where I am today because of fears. Fear of failure, fear of uh, rejection, fear of ridicule, fear of failing. Um, a lot of that goes back, and again, what Derek was talking about, the, uh, the attachment. Um, mine is probably a little bit between the ambivalent and the, and the uh, avoidant. Avoidant. Not feeling. <clears throat> feeling others are, are capable of me, but won't. But you, you also, I've seen you grow just since I've known you. This sales job you're doing now, when I first met you, you were oh, scared of that oh, kind yeah, of shit, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's part of your, that, that's part of your yes. gift, Steve. Like, that's one of your gifts is you are really good with people. And now you're, you're out there in the world doing that professionally and, and making money on it. It's not that you're doing it because that's probably what makes you a better salesperson is because you're not out there like a fucking leech jumping on no. people like a used car salesman or some shit. You genuinely care about your customers and it comes out in your work. And I think that's beautiful. That's why I've seen you. I don't think you're motivated by fear. I've, I've seen you grow. And I think your way, why you're making money now is because you, you tackled some of this stuff. You've healed from some of that. Right? Well, well yeah. And, and like Arthur said, the job is making the relational easier. Mm. Because it's taking a stress factor away. So my wife, I'm making more money than my wife now, mm. and that's never happened in her life. Wow! Because she's a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. She's making fifty bucks an hour, right. where I was making twenty. You know, and it's like, she girl, you can't quit. <laughs> well, now, honestly, now. So when you talk about the grind, do you do you see it as the grind of self improvement of changing yourself now? Kind of, yeah. Did you always see it that way? No, I didn't always see it. It was always just a, you know, I drove, got up, went to work, picked up my, got my van, loaded my van, went out, did it, came home. So when did you let go of that version of the grind? Oh, gosh. That's probably been the last, really in the last year that I did this, that I started to do this. It was pretty, I would have probably been on the two when I started this, easily two, maybe one and a half. I, like you were close to killing yourself? No, but I would not have been disappointed if I'd have woke up. <clears throat> not if I'd have woke up dead. Yeah. There were mornings, seriously. There were mornings when I woke up and said, "Damn it, I'm still here." Mm. Bad but name, waking up dead. It was just been easier because of that fear of what was ahead. And that was about the time that my wife lost her job with the uh, dark hole of what is the medical field in Everett, and it was. That'd be the Ever Clinic. <laughs> I'll say it. We won't mention any <laughs> names. saying that. We'll there mention are, their initials. The Ever Clinic in Everett, Chuck. Oh, there are. <laughs> there are other. Clinics. There are. Oh, Everett. Yeah, yeah, several. Yeah. Several. Their clinics. Oh, yeah. Providence Hospital. <laughs> and honestly, I probably for the last three months now wake up excited. I don't have that dread now. Mm. Uh, and my so my sales manager. Sounds like this year. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. You didn't I, wake up hating your life. No, this morning. No. Yeah. 
I look at it twofold, you know, expanding and developing my job because now it's the first time my I make as much money as I want to work at it. Um, and I'm not going to be, I, I, I'm done at five o'clock basically because that's when our computers shut down and we can't enter anymore. I'll do some research, um, but I won't make any calls. I'm done, but I'll start at seven, checking emails. But it's nice is because my job, like I spent probably 40 minutes with one customer today just talking continuing to develop relationships. That's what I get up every morning. I think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be better today, not so much not necessarily strictly as a salesman, but as a person. I'm a better person today. Am I where I thought I would be thirty years ago in high school? No, I was gonna be a pastor. That's what we were supposed to do. Yeah. You know, I was serious about Jesus in high school. So we go to Bible college and then you're really serious. You go to be a missionary. Well, I'm not that serious, so I'll be a pastor. <laughs> you know, and, JV, and, JV Christian. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, honestly, because I, where I am, my wife's still looking at me. She told me Saturday we were just sitting on the couch, and I'm, I'm making a focus, making a point of when I talk to people now, I'm connecting. You're important to me, so I'm going to give you my undivided attention. We drove up to, uh, a couple Saturdays ago, we drove up to Skagit River, to the Skagit River Brewery up in Malvern. Had barbecue and a beer, and I go, so I look at my wife, and she, I go, see this? She goes, yeah. I go, turn it off, put it in my back pocket. And I sat there for about an hour and a half and just talked with her and looked at her in the face. That's great. Because I wouldn't do that. You know, honestly, yeah. I would never do that. It was always this, you know. And I don't do that. So I, that's one of the things I focus. So I wake up every morning thinking, right here. thinking well, I'm going to do the video. Today. This is Steve's phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, what number, yeah. what number are you, Chuck? I would say I'm probably about an eight, which is really strange for me. Which okay. means I'm the lowest number, so I'm not in the middle. No! <laughs> That's right. I didn't mention the numbers. You still committed <laughs> yeah. the record. Oh, yeah. I have no number. <laughs> anyway, go. Russ go is on. numberless. Go, Jack. I want to. Tire them. It's just it's strange because um, <laughs> I lived it too, probably for fuck most of my life, um, and then I started doing this, you know, work, and then I ate a couple mushrooms, and the world's different. <laughs> 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 mushroom therapy. Mushroom therapy, yeah. 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 But it was interesting though. Chuck did mushrooms right after our episode on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Uh, <laughs> on a Monday night. <laughs> what else would you Best do? Best random thing. Yeah, what, <laughs> what, what else would you do? Anyway, so that changed your relationship with work? No, it changed my relationship with the grind. Okay. Because for a couple weeks after. Mushrooms. Oh, you I fucking saying, hated you, you were saying, why I, do I even go to work? Yeah, so, like, why? But it's, <laughs> so to, it's, don't describe the, the roller coaster that occurred. It, it, it's really just my, my definition of the grind has changed. It's a tool, at least the way I look at it. Um, Russ, when you brought up the topic, I was instantly reminded of finishing uh, Homecoming. It's a... Amazon Prime original, yeah. and it's with uh, Julia Roberts. She's a therapist, and these soldiers think that they're coming back from war and going through therapy to help transition them into normal everyday citizens. Right, and it's it's cool because you're you go from present day to flashbacks, 
that were four years prior to She's that. healing people from uh, PTSD. Right? No, they're medicating people to erase the markers oh, for yeah, the PTSD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I know you're talking about um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the premise of the no, story. It's actually based on a true story. Isn't okay. Yeah. So from day there's one. at the near the end of the um, the season, she you find out that she ate a bunch of the food. That's how they're administering this drug, and she had issues with her memory and lost memory of having done this. And so she comes back and she figures out what happened. And she's sitting out in the back porch and she's like, "Fuck!" And her mom's like, "What?" She's like, "I did something really bad." Blah blah blah. Now what do I do? And her mom just waits and she's like, "Fucking go to work." Mm. And it's. I think the grind could just be helpful. I mean, just use it as a tool. Um, You know, you you have fuck something's going on in your life and you sit there and you constantly are trying to figure it out and just do the everyday work grind. I mean, fucking brushing your teeth is a grind. You gotta do it every twice a day. I think you're doing it wrong. But I think the grind is different than brushing your teeth. Are you doing the grind wrong? You're doing the brushing the teeth wrong. It's not supposed to grind, man. You're going to be chewing your gums up and eating your gum grafts. You're not supposed to be using the the brush up the Dremel tool. But but it's also right. It's also servanthood, though, isn't it? Like some some part of my job I see is is uh, it's sort of mundane, but it's also serving people. Like you're, you're not. It's not just for you. Kind of like with brushing your teeth. It's for for you. It's for me. We all brush our teeth and wipe our ass and shit like that. But not what? At the same time. No, probably you should <laughs> wash your hands well, before you. You drive people around. Yeah. He's trying to convince people to buy stuff from him. There's a serving element, but it's. I did sales for twenty. They're gonna twenty. They're gonna years, buy man. shit. Yeah. They he's yeah. selling them shit they need. It's just yeah, you yeah. convincing them to buy from you. It's still there's serving. a service element maybe to it, but. What you as a salesperson, you're like, yeah, you did a very good job of shitting on their jobs there, Arthur. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna be back to the grind tomorrow, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> that slide you hear, but you, here's, here's what I'm curious about you, though, Chuck. Working healthcare, it's supposed to look good, but it doesn't behind the scenes. Chuck and I did a lot of drugs when we were young, and you were you were a high functioning <laughs> addict. Well, I'm 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 amazed that you finished college. <laughs> yeah, because most that. people that go through the shit that you and I've gone through, and we've talked about this in the show before, um, <clears throat> childhood sexual abuse. Uh, most, if not all, people who've gone through that have some form of PTSD. Still a high functioning addict. Yeah. Well, are you? I mean, uh, yeah. How, how do you? Is that how you look at it, though? Is it? Is it? Do you do it because it's addiction, or do you do it because? It's you just, just really, you really, really want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to do my job, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's a, it, it's not just the zombie drive, as much as it's, you're you're living your life. You're now correct. Yeah. A month ago or whenever, no, I was still a high functioning addict. I mean, right. because I did it because I had to. Like part of your checking out was the grind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, it was because it was just. I don't know if it was if the checking out was a grind. I kept getting fired. <laughs> I've been fired fucking more. I mean, times do any of us? So, so you're asking like, you're serving people. Uh-huh. Like you're trying to make something out of your job. Like it's me. I'm making the world a better place. No, I don't think I'm making a better place. I'm just serving people. If I don't do it, somebody else will do it. It that doesn't matter. What does matter is that I'm the guy doing it. 
that's inspiring. <laughs> that's like oh, you, you, you ruined you ruined the nice Crash silent pause. Seven. <laughs> Can you edit a longer pause in there for us? No, it's too much work. TMW. It's the cry. It's the cry. TMW, Chuck. Just crash the M. Just crash the right. 737 M8. Chuck, just Chuck, 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 you say you're at an 8. Yes. Is it because you're making the world a better place? No, no. It is has nothing to do with if I make the world a better but place. But you're making the world a better place. I don't know. You are. You, you are. are. Yeah. But, and I guess I don't. I don't you are care. Okay, you're in it. Hey, Steve, I'm more like you, though. I'm making my world yeah. and my relationships yes. and the people I yes. have a better place. Yes. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I work in healthcare, and I'm like, sure, some people are getting saved. That's kind of cool. Like, there's people that need help. But if I wasn't there, it would still get done. Yeah. 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 It wasn't my brainchild. I didn't build it from the ground up. I'm just making the gears turn. Mm-hmm. So, but the people I do have impact on aren't the people at the other end of what my company's doing. No. You, you're working at least directly with the customers, Russ. You're actually driving somebody. I'm so many steps from that. Right. And so I don't, like, sure, I mean, I kind of feel good about it. I mean, in some way, the company I work for was somewhat responsible for saving my life, and I think that's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, that's not why I like my job. It's it's the relationships that I build with the people I work with, mm-hmm. what I do mm-hmm. with my friends, and the, 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 what my job enables me to do and bring the... 12 pack of beer and share it with my friends. Yeah, it's about the relationships, not about what it gives me. Yeah. And that's why I think you're making you're making a difference. You're making a difference to boys. You're making a difference with the friends that you have. Yeah, like we, Arthur. You're already yes. not your dad. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, part of that is the grind because if you didn't do the grind, you'd be like a. I don't know. Are you making the world a better place, Derek? Yeah. I'm pretty fortunate in my job that yeah, and you feel that in the midst of the grind all the time. My job's not much of a grind. That's cool. Yeah. So, one of the things that me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get to bitch about my job. Damn it. And that's one of the things we can bring this conversation to is is again other people in other countries like there's other countries like Norway and Switzerland like we're this this podcast is heard. In other countries where people don't grind like they do in America. Like there's something to the American grind that's different than the Norwegian grind or the Switzerland grind. Um, the, the UK other grind. white people places grind. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, the, 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 the grind in the UK, I've been reading about how that's becoming more and more Americanized, where people are working more and more hours over yeah. there where they didn't used to. So the older generations just look at the millennials in the UK going, what the fuck is wrong with you? you Japan's got like it fucking bad. Oh, yeah. It's Japanese grind is pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's soul-crushing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but you're right. A lot of the other... You know, I've done quite a bit of traveling to other places, and they don't yeah, they, they don't, don't do that American really. grind thing. Yeah. They just don't. One of the things... A really cool story that stuck with me was... Uh, speaking of all that, I was in traffic. It was a rainy day in Seattle. I drive a fucking van... And there was a, so in, in Uber and Lyft, there's this thing called a pool feature where you can save a few bucks if you decide to pool to work rather than just get a direct drive to your work. And pouring rain, I'm doing pool rides, right? And everyone who gets in, I get another passenger, and everyone's like, oh, I'll get another passenger. <laughs> so we finally fill the van up with people. So my van holds seven people, it's me and six other people. We pick up the last guy down on. Uh, Alaska Way, it's right by the water, 
and there's a train that comes through. This is at rush hour. A fucking train comes through at rush hour and blocks everyone from going anywhere. And everyone's sitting there. Everyone's bitching. I'm going to be late for work. This other guy's like, I'm already late for work. And this dude in the back, he's sitting in the very back, and he's smiling. And he's right in the middle seat, and he's right in my fucking rearview mirror. Middle Eastern guy, you know, 20-something, and he's sitting there, and he's smiling. And everybody's bitching, and, and I just got curious. I go, I go, hey, man, what's your story? <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, you're smiling back there. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm an, he goes I'm an immigrant from Syria. And we live in a, a sanctuary state, so we bring in uh, people from the Middle East that some other states don't. And he said this, and it was brilliant. Stuck with me to this to this moment. This was a few years ago. He said uh, when I first got the band, so it was a little over here. He said, uh, "If this is the worst, so we're sitting there. It's pouring rain. We're stuck. The train is moving like three miles an hour down the tracks, and everybody's hemming it on. And he's smiling. And he says, he says, I'm an immigrant from Syria. I've been in this country for about eight months. And he says, if this is the worst thing that happens today, guys, it's still a really good day." <laughs> holy, holy shit. Drop the mic. That's a huge bitch. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. What I meant was, you tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do?